and just if you're in the room, let's give ourselves a pat on the back. You made it to church. Um, I heard I heard from some people watching online today that it's just like it's just not happening. And that's totally cool. Uh, we understand that not all roads in our region are created equal, and so um, and so. But man, I'm glad if you got into the room today. I'm glad if you're watching online, and uh, we're just glad to be in the house of the Lord. And we're thankful that God's presence isn't limited to this room. That if you're watching online today, and man, I pray that you are experiencing the the grace and the love and presence of God right there in your living room as well. Uh, but let's di- let's dive into part three of our series made for Monday. And before I do, I just want to reiterate what Nicole said. Don't wait to sign up for life groups. Uh, they are amazing times to get to know people, grow in your knowledge of God's word, uh, discuss how we're going to apply God's word to our life. Uh, lots of options. You can check them out all out online or in the brochure on your seat, uh, but just get signed up. We would love that to have you be a part of those. And then also, if you're new to Mosaic 101 tomorrow night, like she said, uh, I, I teach that class. I would love it if you came and start taking your next steps at Mosaic. Maybe you've been coming for a while, but um, you're like, man, how do I get plugged into serving? How do I get plugged into uh, just the, the life of the church? And maybe you, you are beginning to ask yourself this, the question, like, what does this church really believe? And things like that. Man, come. We'd love to just unpack it. There's no pressure at the meeting. We just... We give you the information and then you uh, can choose what next steps you're going to take. And so would love to have you there. But as we've been talking about for the last few weeks uh, here in this Made for Monday series is we've been talking about how our habits, how our habits, if we're intentional with them, are the space that we create for God to make us, right? This is the space we create for God to make us. Isaiah 64, 8 says, oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. We're formed by your hand. Now there are things and ways that God has formed you that you didn't have any say over, right? You didn't have any say over what you were going to look like or how big or small your nose is, or if you have, you know, bigger ears or smaller ears or the color of your hair or the color of your skin, you know, you didn't get to choose that. There are things that God just in his creativity and his awesomeness, the Bible says that you are um, a masterpiece, that he created you just like he wanted you. Isn't that awesome today? And man, I hope you receive that truth. But then there's other ways in our life where we yield, where we take our sinful nature, that thing that, that, thing I, that we were born with that, that tries to take us away from Christ, and we submit and we yield to the shaping and the molding of our Heavenly Father, right? And so today, we're gonna look at how this happens through the reading of God's word, through the reading of God's word. Now you might say this morning, Joe, well, we're in church. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to read God's word, but hey, it needs to be a little bit bigger than that. It needs to be a little bit uh, more intense than that. Why? Because the reading of God's word is not like reading any other book on the face of the planet. It's not like reading any other book. When I talk to people about reading in general, I read a lot. I have grown to love to read. I did not used to love to read. Um, I did not read when I was growing up for fun. It was really only after I got out of college that I really developed a passion and a love for reading. Why? Because I finally understood that the more I read, the more prepared I was for God to use me in a powerful way. 
But when I talk to people about reading in general, there's, it's one of two reactions. Either they love it and they devour books of all kinds, or they hate it. I rarely ever hear of anybody that's just in the middle, like, oh, sometimes I really like to, but you know, sometimes I don't. It's usually one of the two. Usually you have this, this, this propensity, this bend towards just always learning in, in, through reading, or you just really don't like to read. A lot of people have a genre, genre they stick with. A lot of people have certain things that they like to read. Maybe you grew up going to your grandparents' house and there was always that Reader's Digest lying around. Anybody remember that? Does anybody have, have, have a grandparent like that? Yeah, and, and so we were all surrounded with things like that growing up, but unfortunately, our culture and our day, because of, of our phones and the internet, it's like there's more information than ever, but it, at least to me, it seems like the love of reading has gone down. But here's what we know at the same time. People have a tendency to learn what they need to learn when they need to learn it, right? Have you ever noticed that? When you really need to know something, you're probably gonna find the information. Uh, man, I tease, I tease Jolie sometimes, and I can't especially because she's not in here today. But anybody else have a spouse that asks Siri some really funny questions? Like, uh, and when she asks Siri the question, I'm, I always get a little frustrated. I'm like, Siri won't know that. Right? Siri doesn't know everything. Siri can't process every question. But the reality is that, man, when we really want to find the information, we're going to find it. All of you figured out, well, most of you figured out how to use your Facebook app. If you want to, you figure out how to use the Roku remote at home to turn on your favorite show. We pursue what we need when we need it. That's just human nature. We all do it. But the word of God is something that is pursuing you. Think about that. We go after all kinds of information all the time based on how important we think it is. But the word of God is something that is pursuing you. It doesn't matter if you like to read or not. It's coming after you. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 13. He likened the the message of God, the word of God, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God to a sower throwing out seed. And so I encourage you today, maybe just a part of your homework. I'm going to give you lots of homework today, but but part of it is go home and read Matthew chapter 13 to 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 get this idea a little bit more fully. But the sower goes out to cast the seed and he throws some seed on the path. And Jesus said this is like people that don't understand God's word and because they don't understand it, the devil comes and snatches the seed away and it doesn't, it doesn't really get root in their life. And then he said, you know, the, some of the seed falls in shallow, rocky soil and it's accepted with joy, but because there's no deep roots and there's thorns or there's no deep roots and so, you know, it quickly dies out when the sun hits it. And then some seed falls on thorny soil and and eventually it's choked out by the worries and wealth of life. And then lastly, some seed falls on good soil and it develops fruit and it multiplies exponentially, right? But I just love that picture that God's throwing the seed and it's hitting everyone everywhere all the time. 
And God's will is that it would take root, that it would get planted in our life, that it would, that it would yield fruit. But we have a part to play in that, don't we? We have a part to play in breaking up that, that soil of our life and making sure that we're really good soil to hear the word of God. So God is casting the seed. The question is, am I listening? Am I preparing my heart? Am I trying my utmost to understand? There's all kinds of adjectives and, and metaphors used in the, in the Bible to describe the word of God. We see it, it described as a seed in that last parable. We see it described as a sword in it, and it cuts deep. We see it described as a mirror that it's going to show you your true motives and, and, and what you're really like in comparison with the word of God. We see it described as milk and how it nourishes the soul. We see it described as a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. We just see it described as fire that it cons- it's, it's all consuming in your life. We even just see it described as a hammer. That's one of my favorite. It just smashes. It breaks us up. It, 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 it crushes us. We see it described as living and active. All those things to me make it sound like the word of God, the Bible, is anything but passive. It's not passive. And if it's not passive, and if God is pursuing us, and if God wants his word to do something exponential in our life, then it cannot be described as just a history book. It cannot be just be described as the good book, right? It's way more than just a good book or anything like that. Why? Because it's been deployed with a purpose. It's not just stories. It's not just has-beens. It's not just, you know, a great account of history like some people might say these days, this day and age. Why? Because when the word of God gets a hold of your life, There's no mistaking it. It shapes you. It grows in you. It smashes you. Have you ever felt that way? That man, God's word is just crushing me in a good way. And then it's building me up and it's reforming me into his image. It reveals your motives. It nourishes you. It shows you the way. It consumes you. It protects you. It comforts you. And I could go on all day. And so God's word is being planted in your heart. Just imagine God... He's scattering the seeds across the earth, across your life. And we have the ability to accept it or to reject it. Psalm 19, it's almost like a precursor to Psalm 119. And we're gonna, we're gonna read a lot of verses out of Psalm 119 this morning. But Psalm 19, seven through 11 says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Anybody ever feel simple? Like, I just don't get it. Well, hey, God's word is going to make you wise. The, cam- the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true, and each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. That's the kind of reverence and regard for God's word that, man, I, as your pastor, would love to see produced in our church. Why? Because the Bible is not a dusty book from a has-been religion. It's God's living, breathing words of life to us. 
It was written by 40 different authors over a span of 1,500 years, inspired by the Holy Spirit. It contains the very words of God. And that in and of itself is a miracle to me that over 1,500 years, through so many different authors, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that it is unbroken, that is a story that from start to finish, it just blows my mind. Our calendar, our very calendar, was organized around Jesus' time here on earth. Over six billion copies of the Bible have been sold. It's the best-selling and most gifted book in human history. A few years ago, something amazing came out, and it's called the Bible app. It used to be called Version. Over 500 million installs. Let me see a, a, a show of hands. Who has the Bible app on their phone? Right? If your hand's not up, you're missing out. It's the good stuff. It's a book for all time. It still speaks to us right where we're at today. If you don't believe me, before we get into our bullet points today, check out this video. I would say that when I was in seventh, eighth grade, I started noticing some things emotionally that weren't right. From the ages of nine to the time I graduated high school, there were days that were dark. There, there were days that I could not get out of bed, days I didn't want to get out of bed. Probably days I, yeah, I just didn't want to get out of bed. Feeling very low and helpless or like, just wanting to die and, you know, didn't care where I went. Um, wanting life to be over, really. And I experienced some things and saw some things, even in childhood, but even in adulthood, that I should have never, never, ever gone through. I felt so much shame. You know, feel like even I wasn't, didn't feel like I was worthy enough to pray, read the Bible, listen to praise and worship music because I got to such a low point and nobody knew. I think the last turning point for me um, was I've always had the Bible app. So what I would do is I'd make sure that every day I was getting up, having to walk all the way to the kitchen because I needed to get out of bed. And the first thing that I would do in the morning is put praise and worship music on and I would be in the Word and writing things down. And everything that I needed to hear was right there. There are times I was like, oh my gosh, this was right here all along. I, I should have known better. I grew up in church. My worth began to rise and then wow there is a glow about you I would say my love for God's word is really what keeps me sustains me so that you can know his truth you know we look for everywhere else you could do all the self-help books and all the relationship books all the 
guide me, O thou, into my career. <laughs> you better get that Bible to know what he says for you. I would hate to say that I've been a Christian all these years and had those moments. But I do thank God for his grace and his healing and restoring. And God's word is what continues to sustain me and keep me. When we let it, when we're intentional, when we are, and there's times in our life, like she described, where there's just no good answer, right? We have trouble finding our way out of our feelings or out of the grief or out of the pain or out of the shame or, or whatever it is. But it's, it, there is no time in your life that God's word doesn't want to speak to. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And so if the Bible is going to shape me, if I'm going to be made by God's word for every day of my life, from, from Monday through Saturday, not just Sunday, then there's a few things that we need to do. And number one, follow in your notes today. Uh, you can fill in the blanks on the paper in your seat, or you can even fill them in on the app, um, on the Mosaic Church app. But the first thing we gotta do is we gotta believe that it's actually God's word. I must believe it's God's word. This is the first step. Now, I totally acknowledge and understand that some people go on a journey of believing. And maybe there's some doubt for a while. Maybe there's some question marks for a while. Maybe, maybe we don't even understand everything. But, but that's kind of the nature of belief, that we take a faith step and we trust God that it really is his word. Psalm 119, one through two says, joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. Who search for them with all their hearts. Psalm 119, it's right in the smack dab center of your Bible. It's also the longest book in the entire Bible. And it's all about the psalmist's love and passion for God's word. I encourage you to make it a part of your devotions this week. It's going to be kind of like a marathon. But I want to encourage you to read all of Psalm 119. How many of you know that we search for things with all our hearts that we believe in? And when it comes to searching for God's truth in our life, sometimes we have a hunch. Sometimes we have a gut feeling that, man, there's something to this God thing. And there's something to scripture. There's something to the Bible. And I don't understand it all yet, but I'm really searching. I'm digging in because I want to know the truth. I would even say that sometimes we believe with our hearts before our mind catches up. Have you ever experienced that, that you don't understand, you don't have all the questions, but there's just something inside of you that says this is real and it's the truth. If you're a cynic and you're listening today, maybe you're online today because you're, you're still too uh, apprehensive to come in a church building and hey, we're glad that you're there and we're glad that you're listening. But if you're a cynic, I wanna encourage you with the words of Jesus today. He said, blessed are those who believe without seeing. In John 20, 29, he said, to, he said this to Thomas. He said, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And so the notion that we have to understand all of God's word before we put our faith and trust in it is just a farce. We don't have to. Why is belief so important? Because what I believe about God's word will affect how deeply it gets in my heart. 
Remember the parable of the soil earlier and, if, and the people who didn't understand it? You know, the devil came and snatched it away off the path. Man, that's true because if you don't believe that it's really God's word, it's not gonna get where it needs to go in your heart. Because when you don't believe something, you're not searching for it with all your heart. Also, what I believe is the basis for my actions. I only really believe what I'm acting on, right? And so if I don't act on it, it's probably because I don't believe it. Your beliefs are what guide your answers to life's biggest questions. So many of the questions of the day here in our culture and in our society are only questions due to a lack of trust in God's word. So much of the things that we wrestle with and we, we're like, oh, I don't know what to look, I don't know where I'm going to stand on this issue. I don't know where I'm going to believe. I don't, I don't know what to think. We only find ourselves in that place when we're not sure what to believe about God's word. And there's a lack of trust in it. So the first question with any issue or with anything that's going on in our life isn't what do I believe about that issue? That's secondary. It's what does God's word say? The first step is trusting and believing that everything contained in the Bible is true and it's God's word. This is the primary reason why the world that has not put their trust in Christ, that anybody that is outside of a relationship with Jesus, when they read the Bible, if they don't have a, a direction of belief that, man, this is really God's word, almost every time they're gonna misinterpret it. And they're gonna make it say something it's not saying, and, and they're gonna lead you to believe something that isn't true. Why? Because without the basis of belief, without taking that faith step that I'm gonna trust that this is really God's word, then we are led astray. It's a different starting point, right? I love what it says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, and, and Paul was, was um, propping up, he was encouraging the Thessalonian church, and he said, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. And so if you want God's word to shape you, if you want God's word to mean something to you, if you, you really wanna be changed by God's hand, it starts with believing that it's really God's word. I don't know about you, but if I really believe God's word is God's word, I'm way more likely to listen to it. You know, when you're a kid, and, and uh, I don't know why this is, but sometimes when certain people told you to do things, it mattered more than others. Did you ever notice that? How for some reason you'd be in class and your teacher would tell you over and over, you know, stop that, stop that, stop that. And then the principal walks in the room. And it's like, oh, I better shape up. Why? Because you believed in the power of that principal and, and the power they had over your life. It's the same with God's word. We've got to believe it. We've got to trust in it if we want it to really make a difference in our life. And sometimes that means believing even before seeing. The second thing we have to do is we've got to commit to daily study every day. 
Psalm 119.11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart. Listen, it takes time to hide God's word in your heart. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. You know, five minutes a day is a great start. A lot of the version Bible plans you could do in five minutes, but that's probably not gonna cut it in the long haul. You just need more time. You need more study. You need more memorization. You need to dig in and hide God's word in your heart. You know, some people, you know, talk about, oh, I just want really quality time. It's not so much about quantity, it's, it's, it's about quality. And there's something to that, but, but if you're human like me, and if you're not some super spiritual person, <laughs> and you're just a normal person like me, then sometimes you just don't feel it. Can we just be honest? Sometimes you just don't feel it. Guess what? How about you just start with quantity time? How about you just start there? Because quantity time, just spending time in God's presence will lead to you feeling it. I wanna encourage you when it comes to spending daily time with God to commit to the process and the habit more than the feelings because feelings come and go. Seek consistency way more than perfection. Sometimes you're gonna read God's word and you're gonna try to journal and you're gonna be like, that was a total bomb today. I don't even know why I'm doing this. Hey, keep going the next day and the next day and the next day. Focus on the process more than how perfect the time is. And then I wanna encourage you to combine consistency, every day seeking God's word with a never settle attitude that you're not gonna settle for second best when it comes to knowing God's word. You're gonna go for it. You're gonna keep pressing in. Why? Because it's not as much about how much you know as having the posture of being a learner. You gotta have the posture of being a learner. Why? Because the moment you're through learning, you're through. No one that, has served, that is serving Jesus ever reaches the end of their understanding of what there is to learn, so keep pressing in and keep learning. I talk to so many people who are apprehensive about where they're at, what they know, and what they don't know all the time. People that are like, well, I'm not sure I can do this at church because I just don't know that much about the Bible yet. I don't know that much, and so I, I, I just, I don't know if God can use me yet. Listen, the direction you're headed is way more important than your current position. Way more important than your current position. You can get closer to Jesus every single day but it takes a step towards him every single day. And you put a whole bunch of steps together in the same direction and before you know it, you're gonna be right at the foot of the cross. I love the analogy that Tim, Tim Keller gives. He says that some people are, are right at the foot of the cross but they have their back to it. Some people are 100 miles from the foot of the cross but they're looking towards it and they're stepping towards it every single day. That's what God wants from you. He would much rather you be moving towards the cross than be in church all the time, around church people all the time with your back to it. Daily time with God. He wants a real relationship with you. I love what it says in Hebrews 10, 14. It says, for by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. This is one of these things that stretches our mind and our imagination because we are completely holy and completely perfect in his sight when we give our lives to Jesus Christ and we're in process at the same time. 
all at the same time. And what this should cause us to do is to reject a destination mindset that, oh, I've been in church all my life, so I can just coast. Or, oh, I haven't been in church long enough, so I can't do that. No, the moment that you give your heart and your life to Christ, you are clean, you are forgiven. He casts your sin as far as the east is from the west. And you are starting a journey by which every single day you're hiding God's word in your heart so that you might not sin against him. And every day you're moving closer and closer to Jesus. You might think that you're not good enough, but the grace of God says different. You're good because of the grace of God and you're being made better all the time through the sanctifying process that he takes you through. Why is this important? Because I'm committing to study God's word, not just get more smart or spiritual. There's a huge difference. I'm doing it to let God shape me. So your choice to study God's word every single day is powerful. And why you do it really matters. It does. I believe that if your why is big enough, you'll figure out the how. You'll learn to understand it if you seek for it with all your heart. You'll ask yourselves the question about the scripture. You know, who is this being said to? What is being said? When was it being said? What was the, what was the culture like at that time? Where was it being said? What do the geographical things have to do with it? Why, why did the, 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 the teller say it? And how should I respond? What's the timeless principle for me today? When you really want to know God's word, you're gonna ask yourselves all these tough questions. The third thing that we've got to do is we've got to apply what we learn, right? Some of you are like, man, Joe, this is really basic. <laughs> hey, if you're doing it, then you get a pass this morning. But chances are, there's still more of God's word for you to apply. And if that's true, this is for all of us. Psalm 119.9 says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. By obeying your word. So don't become a spiritual storage closet, somebody who just packs away all kinds of knowledge. You know, how, how many of you know that closets accumulate things? Anybody have a, a, a closet in your house that's like that? It just keeps getting more full. It never gets more empty, right? There's a whole bunch of stuff in it, but you don't even know what all is in it. Over time, we accumulate stuff that we don't use. But do you know what we call stuff that we don't use? What do we call it? Junk, clutter, right? Jesus and his word deserve to be more than clutter in your life, more than useless information, more than just head knowledge. It deserves to be applied. Why? Because it's living and active. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, all scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Have we mentioned yet in this series that God is shaping you and he's forming you? But oftentimes in that process, there's a breaking down of what you once knew and there's an application of something new. If we don't apply God's word to our life, all the other powers trying to work in our lives will apply themselves. We all have a default, a default setting and it's called sin. 
We all have, have, have leanings towards anxiety or impurity or uh, being captivated by wealth or work or power or, pur- or purpose that, that, that isn't God's purposes. Jesus was tempted with all this stuff too. And when Jesus was tempted in Luke chapter four, you guess what he did? He quoted scripture. He applied God's word to his life and that's what got him through. Number four, if we're gonna be shaped and molded by God's word, I gotta fall in love with it. I must fall in love with scripture. Now, why do I put this one last? I put this one last because the previous three steps are crucial if you're gonna fall in love with scripture. Because of our sin nature, we don't automatically or naturally desire to always do life the right way. We don't. But when we've tasted and seen how good God is, how many of you have tasted and seen? How, anybody here experienced the grace of a loving father? Anybody experienced the, the, the comfort that comes when you've read God's word? Anybody? Amen? You see, when you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, then our love for his word grows. This is why we spend time on Sundays worshiping through music and the word and communion and prayer, both corporately and then throughout the week privately. That's why I'm challenging as your pastor to get God's word in your heart and spend time studying it every single day because we're dwelling on the goodness of God. And the more you dwell on the goodness of God, the more you fall in love with that goodness. The more you read scripture, the more you'll love it. It's a process though. Sometimes people come and just say, Joe, I just can't read, I just can't do it, I just, I just, I just check out. And man, with all the love in my heart, I would just say, keep going, you didn't do it long enough. Because God's word is so life-changing and so transformative that if you just keep plugging, you can't help but find the diamonds. You can't help but find the goodness. You can't help but find the encouragement. And you only miss it when you give up before the reward comes. What does God's word say, Galatians 6, 9? Hey, keep on doing what is right. And if you don't give up, you're gonna reap a harvest. You're gonna reap it. It's gonna happen. God's word isn't gonna return void. It's not gonna gonna go and not do what it was intended to do. More times though, we just don't spend enough time with it to fall in love with it. Listen to what the psalmist said all throughout Psalm 119, verse 72. He said, your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver millions in gold and silver. And then in verse 97, oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. And then in 103, how sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. And then in 140, your promises have been thoroughly tested. That is why I love them so much. Love it. And some of you guys, especially, you're like, Well, after the first time he said how much he loved God, why did he have to keep saying it? And all you ladies are like, well, that's just what he liked to hear, right? And God loves for you to tell him. God loves for you to tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much you love his word. And add, the more you worship Jesus, the more your love for him grows. 
And so you might say, I just don't understand it. Keep going, keep asking questions, keep putting it in your heart. And the more you read it, the more you're gonna understand it. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 2, 1. One through three and then verse six. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Love it. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Man, so much of the time we don't give God's word the concentration that it deserves. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. And then in verse six, for the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. When you fall in love with it, there's gonna be more understanding. There's gonna be more love for God. There's gonna be everything that you need to live the life that he's called you to live. But it's really easy to stop loving someone when you never say, I love you. When you don't spend time in the relationship that it deserves. And so the biggest way to fall in love with scripture, make it your life manual, not just something you read. You wanna say, I love you to God? Know his word and do what it says. So what Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So how about we tell him how much we love him every single day by valuing the most precious gift that he's ever, ever given us. His holy word, amen? Amen? Step one, put your faith in Christ, believe. For some of you, you've been treating God's word like just another good book. And it's time to elevate his word in your life. For some of you, it means to begin believing and trusting in Jesus for the first time. And so if you could bow your heads and close your eyes, if that's you today, if you say, Joe, because of what Jesus did on the cross for me, Maybe when we celebrated communion today, you understood it for the first time. It made sense to you that God's, that Jesus's body was broken and his blood was shed so that you could have forgiveness of sins. So that you don't have to stay in your guilt and shame any longer. And you wanna say yes to Jesus and give your heart and your life to Jesus today. Whether you're in this room or watching online today, I just encourage you to raise your hand and say, Jesus, that's me. It's, it's time for me to begin following you and, and have a relationship with you. Amen. Anybody? Amen. All right, maybe the second challenge for you today is to fall more in love with Scripture. And to do that, you've got to step up your belief. You've got to step up your time in it. You've got to step up your application process and straight up fall in love with it. And you just want to make a new and fresh commitment to fall in love with God's word today. Is that you? Just raise your hand today. Amen. We're going to pray together. All right. So first of all, let's pray for those that want to give their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If that's you, I want to encourage you right at your seat, right at your seat, to invite Jesus to become the Lord of your life. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right now when you're seated, you can pray a prayer just like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I believe that you died on the cross to pay for my sins and you rose again on the third day. And so now I trust you with my life and I commit to following you all the rest of the days of my life. Help me to understand your word and put it to practice in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. If you prayed that prayer and decided to follow Christ, the Bible says that right now you are a new creation. You're a new creation in Him. We've got a Bible for you in the lobby if you'd like to stop at the Welcome Center and get it. We'd love to get that in your hand and some other resources. But man, congratulations. In two weeks from today, we're having baptisms. That's step two. So if you want to go public with your faith, that's the first thing that Jesus commanded us as followers of Christ to do. Get baptized. Tell the world that you're with Him. And so that's available. You can sign up for your Connect card or online. But for the rest of you that wanted to follow Nova Scripture, I'm going to pray a prayer and we're going to be dismissed. And when we're dismissed, there's going to be a prayer team up front. If you need prayer for anything, I just want to encourage you to come get prayer. But hey, let's make a decision this week to dig into God's Word, to fall in love with it again, to believe 100% that it's God's words for our life. It's able to lead us and guide us wherever we need to go. And let's put it into practice. Amen. Amen. Stand with me. Let's pray today. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for the gift that is your word. It's not just another book. It's not just, just something we read to make us feel better. It is your living and breathing word. And if we let it, if we open our hearts, God, if we have ears to hear, God, you'll speak it into our life in a way that changes us. It'll transform us. It will renew us. And so we yield to you today. God, for those of us that maybe have been slack in our time with our word or with your word, or we haven't been applying it to our lives, I pray that we just, we have a refreshed motivation to put your word into practice and to really dig in and learn more about it. Help us, Jesus. Thank you so much for the power of your word in our life. We give you honor and glory and praise today. Help us to seek you in the pages of your word like never before. Amen and amen. Thanks Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit mosaiccincinnati.com.